In episode 64, we catch up and discuss current events through our Say What battle. We focus on Alistair Begg's preaching in our Amen battle. Uh, we take a look at the topic of the movie, Sounds of Freedom. We have our second Schaefer Farms update. We have a calling your shot, focusing on the NFL, and a Truth and Tunes trivia led by Ryan. And I will close us out with Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Family. And my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than, than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. Sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass. And I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC Championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate. In politics. I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey. Again, we welcome you to episode 64 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on the Facebook page, Six in the Mix Podcast, or find our videos on Facebook and Rumble. And again, please share with family and friends who need to laugh and be encouraged to pursue Christ. That's that's why we're here. Uh, I hope that's why you guys come and check us out. So, all right, it's been a little bit, a few weeks before we, uh, you know, since we've connected, um, but now we've got, uh, we've got certainly got some good candidates in the say what battle. Um, I'm interested to see, we got, do we have, we kind of have a newer, a newer one. Yeah, two, two newer ones. We got some old faithfuls, but we got some two newer ones and I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to go episode 64, say what? What? But the one with the purple hair, she didn't play too well. See what nonsense is in store for today. This week has not been good at all. Earlier in Virginia Beach, Biden seemed completely, totally lost, dazed, and confused. You decide. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. Woo! My dad. By the way, you docs are good. If there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. My plan that's uh, in stark contrast to 
Not, by the way, there's an awful lot of really good Republicans, but the MAGA Republicans are a different breed of cat. No, they're not bad or good. It's just very, they're very different. Bro, what are you talking about, man? If they have to pay out 159000000000 billion less, <laughs> less, for prescription drugs, I want to make it clear. I'm going to raise some taxes. I cannot believe that man is president. The economy is booming. Yeah. Inflation is down. The stock market is doing well. Uh, people are having an easier time putting bread on the table, etc. He doesn't seem to be getting the credit for that. Only 41% approval. Is it because they think he's old? Because I don't see anything else they can point to. If you look at Joe Biden's approval on the economy right now, it stinks. It is well below 40%. You see it there. 37%. If you are stinking on the issue that's most important to the American public, that your approval rating also stinks. The economy is booming. Yeah. Inflation is down. Uh, people are having an easier time putting bread on the table, etc. And now, deep thoughts. The nature of democracy is, is it's, there, there are two sides to it in terms of the nature of it. There's a duality. On the one hand, when democracy is intact, it is incredibly strong in terms of the strength it bestows on the individuals in terms of their rights and their freedoms. Incredibly strong in terms of what it does for its people. On the other hand, it's very fragile. A democracy will only be as intact as our willingness to fight for it. And so fight we must and fight we will. I'm getting word salad here and I don't even have dressing on it. It's very fragile. Without facts or economics on their side, they flatly deny what is happening to our planet and what we must do to save it. They incite a movement against what they falsely label climate change fanaticism, as they conveniently forget that the dictionary definition of a cult is the dismissal of facts in devotion to a lie. And while they refuse to accept the facts behind increasingly obvious damages, which the First Minister listed, they lash out at the truth-tellers instead and label indisputable evidence as hysteria. They compound the already difficult challenge of the climate crisis by promising to do more of exactly what created this crisis in the first place. So now, 
Humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself, by those seducing people into buying into a completely fictitious alternative reality where we don't need to act and we don't even need to care. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Fox News alert, you're not going to believe what kind of obnoxious story the president just told the people of Hawaii. Listen. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit the wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! All right, all right. Well, so, you know, I usually like to pick Biden, and you can never go wrong with Biden stuff, but, I mean, that's ridiculous what he's what he was saying to the Maui people. But I'm going to go with Joy today um you know joy bear whatever her name is like i mean she does she live i mean she lives in a bubble clearly i mean if you're dogmatically going to say the economy is booming it's like what are you talking about that is like the true definition of say what like people are struggling every day to buy groceries i mean you guys talked about that a few months ago it's like it's crazy how expensive it is just to live, you know, and buy basic food. And if you want to have good nourishment, like you better buckle up. So I'm going to go with joy. Like that's, that woman is just off her rocker. So. All right. So I'll jump in my, my, uh, yeah, I, I have the same thought, Kenny, I'm done with Kamala. I'm done with president, you know, Biden, just because everything they say is, is absolutely suspect. Yep. But I am gonna I'm gonna go with Mr. John Kerry uh, yep. today, and the fact that he defined cult and the very thing he is perpetuating. Say what, thing? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say John Kerry too, but I keep going back to Kamala. I I just I have a special place in my heart for her now. And it's just a, it's just a, a, a place of, of genuine, genuine bewilderment. But at the same time, thank you for all the things you say, because they are truly, truly comical. <laughs> I mean, you just can't make some of this stuff up that she's saying. And it's just so funny to watch. And she just, she, she truly is trying and that's what's that's what's that's what i think maybe i i appreciate about her she's really trying she's trying her trying her hardest to be relevant and to say relevant things and and quizzical things and 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 uh oh man she's a she's a special one i i've got to go with her now donna do you is that like a biden level sympathy for for kamala or is this like no you don't no this is what do you got no, because 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 Biden, I just kind of feel sorry for, it. and I'm and I'm more mad at the people that prop him up there and throw him up there and throw him out there. Yeah, but but Kamala is obviously cognitively, um, I you know dare say I say cognitively in the same sentence with Ka- Ka- Kamala, but 
Um, but I think she's, you know, she's got all her faculties there. She's just not that bright. Um, so, but she's just, she's just a lot of fun. I mean, I, th- yeah. I, I bet she is a ton of fun at parties. I would, yeah. I would, she would be on the invite <laughs> in my invite list to have her come over yeah. and, uh, we would, we would have some laughs guaranteed, guaranteed. Wow. So, so it sounds like Don's heart for Kamala. It's it's not the worst thing. He says yeah. bewilderment, and I got a sense of gratitude. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I I appreciate everything she's saying because it's so great. I just love it. I can't get enough of it. It's it's always something. I'll I'll go with Joe Biden's first round in the uh, sequence you shared with us, Matt, because. Say what when he? I think I heard him say, "Was he saluting his dad?" Is that what I heard? And talking about angels being male and female, I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's hard to put it together, but yeah, it was he was saluting somebody that I I don't know. So that's my vote. <laughs> if you saw other clips when he was in Maui, he looked up to the sky and said something to Daniel or somebody like. Yeah, I know you know, or I know you see me, and it's like this guy is. You talk about just getting off a bender. Um, yeah, this guy's talking. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Um, oh, that's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I got to give a shout out to to Rapino. Um, she's a special individual. Obviously, we we want our country's teams to do well, but I I I I, I didn't say I, I I can't say that I was uh, shedding tears when they lost in the World Cup. Um, and the fact that she had a chance to, you know, that's penalty kick. That's a, that's a big pressure moment, but the fact that she skied it, oh, come on, like you're a baller, <laughs> go up there and nail it and lead your team. Um, you're one of those savvy veterans. So, uh, she's special, but I, Jeremy, I'm with you. Like the, the, the John Kerry, just trying to flip it completely, totally right is wrong and right. Yeah. Wrong is right. Was it's just, it's just incredible. It's given me dictionary definitions. It was <laughs> And the crazy thing, he's got the people that listen. But to to Kenny's point, Joy, did you see the lady she was talking to and and the other gal that was in that interview? And she's just like staring at her like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. keep saying this. I don't believe this. I don't believe it. I mean, her complexion was completely yeah. keep saying this because we have to say it. But yeah, let's be honest. We, none of us believe this. I mean, the left has to put that out. The view has to put that out. They gotta, they've got to stay in that bubble. Um, but yeah, it's nuts. It's just absolutely crazy. Just yeah. A quick, quick side note on that topic that Kenny might be more uh, aware of compared to some of us because of where he works. But I've had two guys in the last two weeks at church uh, tell me they feel pretty confident recessions coming. Uh, how are you all feeling on that? Not not that I'm asking for a huge discussion right now, but are you all seeing signs, uh, feeling anything? So, what, so, so, <laughs> I see confused. Kenny nodding his head. <laughs> I'm confused. What is a recession these days? Have we changed the... Yeah, uh, yeah, like, are we say. not in the middle of it? I feel <laughs> right, like I, I'm I, like... Are, are we going off the, deal. the old definition? Are we going off the new definition? Is there a new definition from the old definition that they changed from the previous? <laughs> Probably. Just answer, answer me this question. Is anybody better off financially right now than they were <laughs> two and a half years ago? I can is tell you my 401k, better financially my 401k is not. Let me tell you. Yeah, it, it's painful right now to all families. And my wife comes home crying sometimes because she had to go to the grocery store again and it was another big bill. 
Now, thank you, Jesus, that we sent one of our kids away to college and he is no longer <laughs> eating out of the trough. Oh. But let me tell you, it's so stinking expensive to live right now. So yeah, Don, I agree. Is What's the definition now? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's... <laughs> You know, so obviously, on you know, with, with what I do, and I I see a lot of people's credit reports. I see a lot of what people do uh, with their money. I'm seeing right now people, you know, refinance. Let's say they're you know they're fish houses, and what they're doing is they you know they might owe us thirty thousand dollars on a fish house. Well, they, and their rates like four percent because they got it three years ago. Mm. Well, I see them refinancing it with somebody else, and all that goes through my mind is. I guarantee their rate doubled. And why would, why would somebody do that? They would do it to either lower their payment, maybe get some cash out of the equity that's in that, that fish house. Mm. Um, I think yep. again, the definition of the recession, it's, we're not seeing it like, you know, like, you know, like whatever you want to call the 1920s, the depression, we're not seeing it because why everybody is, it's so easy to get credit. And yeah. I'm looking well, at, look at people, look at the level of credit card usage and, it's exactly. And I, and that's what I see every day. And I'm like, this is, it, it's going to come to a head at some point. And it's already starting to, because people, they don't have money to put down, but they want it. They make a lot of money, but they can't put any money down on their toys. And yet they want a $60,000 boat or a fish house or whatever, or even a car. And mm. like I said, I'm seeing it every day. It's like, this is not, it, it's not going to be pretty. Like people, but again, we have so much access to credit that you can, you can skirt around the issue for a very long time. So. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy times. Thanks for the, uh, the financial update, but yeah, you were out. Yeah. We're all feeling it. I mean, except for joy. She's good. She can buy groceries and get what she wants. Joy yeah. is joy is yeah. set. Yep. She's good. Those liberal donors to the view special. All righty. Well, we're going to kick into uh, Amen Battle. Uh, again, we're this is our second episode of kind of featuring a uh, a preacher. We did uh, John Piper uh, last episode, and now we're going to do Alistair Begg. And so we got a couple clips of him uh, sandwiched between another soccer clip. I'm so pumped about it. So we've got soccer clips and the say what in the Amen Battle probably for the first time. Uh, but uh, it's Alistair Begg and then a soccer clip. And I, I, I can't wait to talk about it. So. Uh, Amen Battle, 64. Homosexual people are either, are either hated or they are affirmed. Those are the only two options. Either you hate me or you affirm me. The Christian actually does neither. We do not hate, but nor do we affirm. We cannot hate because of God's word, and we cannot affirm because of God's word. And we have to be prepared to say that we are unprepared to rewrite the Bible in order to accommodate a society that needs the Bible and that needs the Jesus 
who is the focus of the Bible. God is making us the kind of people he designed us to be. So God has chosen us for himself. He has included us in his family. He pours out his spirit upon us. He gives gifts to his church, and he places his fruit in our lives in order that we might become what he intended us to be. This is 1 Peter 2.11. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which do what? Which war against the soul. So this is, this is the battleground in which we live our Christian lives. And Paul, uh, similarly in Ephesians 4, says to the Ephesians, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Eat up the food, grow up, show up, step up. Eat up, make sure you have a, da a daily diet of God's Word. Grow up into Christ, don't be a baby. Show up when the Word of God is preached, when the people of God gather, when the sacraments are celebrated, when the opportunity to invite friends and neighbors is there for us. And step up. Step up. Take your place. Nourished by the Word of God. Equipped. Enabled. Kirk finds Messi. Robinson leaves Busquets over to Jordi Alba. What a touch! Messi to his right. Keeps it on his left, of course. Oh, what a ball to Kamaski! Oh! To Messi! He could not leave New York without a goal. Number 11 in Miami, and his first official Major League Soccer goal Seals three points for Inter-Miami. Listen, I get the free kicks and all the drama around the free kicks that he scored in League's Cup. This is one of the most ridiculous balls I've ever seen. Look at that ball into Kermaski and all the Red Bull defenders caught ball watching, worried about the ball in behind. Just an absolute show, vision, pace of pass, continuously running, finishing the playoff. Lionel Messi in League's Cup put on a show, and in 35 minutes tonight, just gave New York City one of the best goals you will ever, ever see. What a privilege. To think gentleness, think Jesus. In the passage that we read, James, the brother of Jesus, has urged his readers to conduct themselves in the meekness and gentleness of wisdom. 
a wisdom which he goes on to say not only is pure and peaceable and reasonable, but it is also gentle. Now, we have to acknowledge that this comes really out of left field when you think about the climate in which we're living. We live in a culture where gentleness is arguably not a commonly admired quality. In making the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ attractive in a dark culture, these characteristics are wonderful. That's why Paul, not only in Galatians, but also in the rest of the epistles, is saying to his readers again and again, make sure you have taken off the clothes that marked your pre-converted life, and make sure that you're wearing the clothes that are provided by the grace of God. You because you were you were you were you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You never you didn't know a thing about church membership. And and yet and yet you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What What do you mean you don't know? Well, like because I don't know. Well, you know, did. Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor in So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are, you, are, you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Well, would I be a complete heretic if I picked Messi? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know you put one sport clip in there. And then... John, true, I, true, true, I, true. I I, literally was sitting there just watching. Cause I, 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 uh, so a little confession here. Like when he came, it blew my mind that he would come to the United States. And like every one of his highlights I watch, and I've just got a big grin on my face. When I watched this highlight, this game's highlights... I was like audible, like at the table, like, no way. Like I'm, I was caught up in it. That was one of the best yeah. goals I've ever seen. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is so much fun to watch. You, you know, you always like to watch people at their best, do the, do what they're, you know, do what they, they do. And, um, and they play at their best and watching people like that, who are just incredibly gifted at what they do is just something to behold and he transcends did you see, though that yeah sport. did you see the did you see the touch that the guy made to give him the ball yeah that, he that little bicycle that thing. to me was like <laughs> uh what just happened here yeah. and then yeah just went to absolute stardom from there it was yeah. incredible hey shave yeah. i i'm I'm yeah. not gonna lie though, real quick. I mean that it really did remind me of you and I in our prime at Pillsbury. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, I, I mean, just dancing around yeah. that soccer ball. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to throw the pride thing out there, but yeah, I mean, hey, I it's, we we had bicycles, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they were like actual bicycles. They they they, <laughs> they go up on the actual soccer field. But if you remember though, Don. At Maranatha had a pretty amazing goal in overtime, if I remember right, that you know made us feel pretty amazing. You know, that was uh Don, I still remember that. You remember that goal? You remember I don't that? remember it. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Donald's a beast. We we were we were tied with them, and I believe you scored. I know maybe you're thinking crown. Oh, I was at I was a crown. That was the only time I ever beat we ever beat crown was in soccer. (laughs) And you scored, right? I scored the I did score a goal in overtime to win it, yes. Okay, then it was crown. I thought it was Maranatha, but I just remember I remember going nuts. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. we we did beat we beat Crown in basketball. We beat them. My my well, that was after my year. time. It was yeah, after we actually time. beat them for the district Three title times. My senior yeah, year, Dom left. Yeah, that was after my time. Yeah. yeah. Credit credit to you and your uh, setting us up for that. That was uh, that was, that was perfect. <laughs> so Don, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got to go messy. I'm sorry. I mean, I I loved Alistair Bragg's uh, um, first clip there. Uh, telling it like it is uh, we need more of that in our churches today telling it like it mm-hmm. is and uh, uh, getting straight to the point I was just talking to Jen about that we were just talking about having a discussion about that today she's like I'm just get it bottom line it for me and that's what we need more today and uh, that's what he was doing in that clip I love that so but yeah, yeah just having messy you know just being able to talk about messy that's fun so <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Don's. The, what Don said. His first clip. That that was that was great. Um, <clears throat> to to take what we all feel and we all know in those situations and those those circumstances, and to be able to explain it like that, put it into that simple, you know, that simple, easy to digest and and what really is. Um, that was that was a great that was a great clip, and I really appreciated that. So that's my that's my amen. Yeah. I think we could all echo that, echo those thoughts. And, you know, it's, I think he spoke something. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he did spoke something about just, you know, changing the, you know, adapting and changing the Bible to, to, uh, you know, the danger of it, right. Of changing it so that we accept this behavior and we see it, we see people, you know, churches that label themselves Baptist or whatever. And it's like, and, but you, they accept that behavior and it's okay. And it's like, well, so did you just take out half the Bible, the book of Romans? Like, what are we doing here? So, uh, but I, but I guess I, I wanted to talk about real quick is that one that he talked about gentleness. Um, and the reason being is because it kind of piggybacked on, you know, what I, you know, my fix your eyes, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. just thinking about, you know, the fruits of the spirit. And it's like, yeah, he's right. We don't have a gentle culture. Like people are so, they have to be right. Um, I think hmm. there's a lot of, you know, us, you know, myself included, who just, we always have to be right. And it's always combative. And um, I mean, what do we need? You know, how can we be a difference maker? How can people see a difference in who we are uh, without us shoving a Bible down their throat? It's like, man, they, we need to be gentle. You know, we need to be gentle in our spirit and in our reactions and everything we do. So I just thought that was great. Yeah. I echo exactly what Kenny, those were my top two points. The discussion Beg had on homosexuality, our culture likes to pigeonhole us into you're either this or that. It's just how it is right now, but uh, he's exactly right. That's the Christian uh, living with a Christian biblical worldview is not going to hate or are they going to affirm? And so it's it's this interesting line. We don't want to say we're lukewarm, but we're we're following what the Bible uh, tells us to do. And yeah, I, I agree with Kenny again on the gentleness. Um, 
there's this expression might makes right and we've seen that play out in politics we've seen that play out in um you know some people on january 6th we've seen that play out in riots across the land and Mm. i i I would love to see gentleness return um and be part of um, some of the accepted norms in society yeah it's a great call i mean one of the clips it's interesting i I don't know if I super intentionally didn't do it, but I didn't put any of the clips from the Republican, the first Republican debate in there. Um, and, and frankly, I didn't really watch it. I, I didn't. I heard a couple things, but, you know, it seemed like there was pretty cantankerous. Like if, if you would have defined, show me a gentle answer there, probably not too many, but like, hey, I'm going to pop you. I'm going to come. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to do this and that big braggadocious. Uh, that seems to be what's carrying the day. And, um, you know, as Christians, yeah, I think the fruit of the spirit uh is really critical there um a couple of things with just having the privilege of going to Alistair's church and to see him preach um you know he's you know, he's not typically a topical preacher so it's not like we're going to have a series on homosexuality or, or or whatever but he is able to very often weave in what's going on in the day into what he's preaching on whichever book or whatever um we just went through Jude we just uh, did some things in Kings earlier in the year um and he's able to weave those things in and speak to the heart without just having it be a message on that. And I think that's one thing I really appreciate. And obviously his humor is quirky. You know, that last clip was, was, you know, just <laughs> him kind of, you know, Hey, you know, what, what is the thief on the cross saying when he gets to the pearly gates type thing, but his ability to, to, to bring you in with a, with humor, but then to close it with a poignant thought uh, for me is just, is, has been a real blessing and an encouragement. And uh so I was certainly grateful to uh, to be able to feature him in the uh, in the Amen battle. So, yeah, cool. Amen. Can I? I just want to ask a question about Messi uh, because I I'm not a big MLS fan, uh, despite rumors that I am a, a soccer guy. But I thought because like some of you, I do enjoy watching Messi highlights as well. But I thought the championship they just had and they played Nashville. Um, so when I saw this come up against a team in New York, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought they just had the championship. So what, what's going on with the season and schedule? I don't know. I, I don't know. Does anybody know MLS? No. Don, you're, you get, you got you got an answer there, Don. You might be confusing uh, the, the games with, because there is a regional championship game going, uh tournament type thing going on. Oh. It's, it's, you know, kind of like the, the league that puts all the uh, the best teams. It's kind of like the United States or the C- Central America version of the Premier League going on because they have a uh, their own little thing where they combine all the best teams of uh, the leagues within Central America or whatever mm-hmm. that region is called, CONCACAF or whatever that is called, mm-hmm. I believe. So you might be confusing some of those games that they're that Inter Milan or Inter Miami is playing with against those types of teams and then the actual MLS games that he's that they're mm. also participating in. So, yeah, okay. I, Ryan, I had a similar question. I don't have the answer because I had thought all those, you know, the the previous clips were all MLS games and then come to find out that's no. technically the yeah. first MLS game of the season yeah. or whatever. Right. Or if it's the second half, I don't even know. I don't follow it, you know, I, yep. I, at yeah. all. But now I well, I follow the messy highlights. So. <laughs> I don't care what he, I don't care what game it could be a pickup game in his backyard. I want to watch him play. Yep. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, good, good, good battles. This uh good, good kickoff to episode 64. Don, you got something to uh, take us away. 
Yeah, I've got uh, I've got one story here. I got I want to run by you guys. I found this article on AB in uh, on ABC News. Uh, the title of the article is President Joe Biden says he will request more funding for a new coronavirus vaccine. Mm. And the uh, the uh, article is uh, just a short article here. Let me read it. It says uh, California. In, this is in California. President Joe Biden was in in South Lake Tahoe. President Joe Biden said Friday that he is planning to request more money from Congress to develop another new coronavirus vaccine as scientists track new waves and hospitalizations rise, though not like before. Officials are already expecting updated COVID-19 vaccines that contain one version of the Omicron strain called XBB.1.5. It's an important change from today's combination shots, which mixed the original coronavirus strain with last year's most common Omicron, Omicron variants. But there will always be a need for updated vaccines as the virus continues to mutate. People should be able to start rolling up their sleeves next month for what officials hopes is an annual fall COVID-19 shot. Pfizer, Moderna, and small manufacturer Novavax are all <laughs> brewing doses of the XBB update, but the Food and Drug Administration will have to sign off on each, and the U.S. Centers for Diseases and Prevention must then issue recommendations for their use. President goes on to say, I signed off on this this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary, that works. Biden, <laughs> who is vacationing in Lake Tahoe area, told reporters on Friday. Guy's always on vacation. I don't get it. He added that it is tentatively, tentatively recommended that everybody get it once the shots are ready. So my question is this. Two questions I got for you guys. One, is there another pandemic here brewing? And is it on the way this fall or this winter? And two, will you comply? I, I I take it Ryan's all ready to go. He's <laughs> yeah. signed up. He's got his arm ready to the, be poked. The green man in Frisco looks like he is first in line. Please, could I have some more? <laughs> I'm glowing, but I want to glow like, even more. <laughs> oh, guys, they're like, hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna get the shot that works. They had that to works. throw that in there. That yes, works. It works. It's like, oh, so this what are you saying? Work. Like the other one didn't work? No, the other one yeah, did not work. I think that's, that's interesting. Obvious. Although Ryan, you would right. say they did work because you no didn't get COVID as that it bad. Works. You did, Ryan. You didn't get COVID as bad had you have not gotten the vaccine. Correct. That's right. Uh, I, I'm a believer that the vaccine worked for a while. Um, I had a daughter who had COVID. And those of us who had a shot did not get COVID uh, in the house. So that's my case study. But as the virus mutated, I think the vaccines became less effective and you just can't keep up with the mutation. So I, I kind of just, I do this in jest. I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the info um, to see, but let me ask, I'll kind of turn the question around. If it's not an mRNA vaccine and it is effective, would, would any of you take take like a Novavax vaccine if, if it's going to help protect? No. Matt, was that a no? <laughs> yeah, that, no, I, that's I, a take my I head off before I get system. stabbed by <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, definitely it's a pass for me. I mean, I don't know how you could say if you know it's effective. We don't know it will be effective, if it will ever be effective until what, 10 years down the road. 
So I don't yeah. see how well, you could even claim that it would be effective two years to know two years down the road. Don, the thing that that shocked me of that article, because I read the same thing, was the eye-popping dollar amount, again, that he's asking, and that he yeah. already signed a proposal as if this is just going to go through. I mean, it's almost like he's guaranteeing the fact that this is going to happen and this is going to go. And the other thing that I think is interesting, which is a step further than what we had the first, quote, pandemic, is that it, the language is now everybody needs to get vaccinated but but it's it's in a it's in a just an assumed fashion before it was you know we're asking can you can you please get vaccinated you know and now it's just an assumed thing so is this another kind of one of those sociological training you know mechanisms that they're 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 just going through this and trying this and mm -hmm. of course with biden that's an easy thing to do because he's in a puppet stance there is mm -hmm. really nothing that he can do as a man to either affirm or deny anything here um his hands are his hands are in deep water and he's he's in you know a lot a lot of things that that are but but follow the money where's the, where's the money going to come from who's going to benefit from it um you know is it is it already to uh are all those drug you know makers already not rich enough do we do we need to you know pad the pocket again and and throw some some money at, at people who who's benefiting from it? it it all comes down to this exactly and and that's that's why i would protest it uh I, i'm 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 done with those things i don't trust anybody um that that tells me what i should do to my body anymore and you know what if it comes down to it and i have to make a really difficult choice on something that is other than a vaccine I'm going to, I'm going to go to the professionals, but for, for this vaccine, no way, no way. Hey, Matt, Matt, you throw that in the uh, amen battle next, uh, next episode. Jerry, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so that Biden clip I, almost made it and say what, but I, I was just like, <laughs> oh man, there was so, we were so full with a bunch of stuff. I'm like, oh, here, but yeah, what do you got, Kenny? No, I was going to say, well, Don, first I have to answer your question. I do believe there is going to be another pandemic. I, I absolutely do. I think they're already talking about it. I mean, they're already talking about, yeah, the next wave of shut, you know, shutting people down, trying to throw a mask on if you want to fly. I mean, I've already heard all the, those vicious rumors that it's coming again. So, yeah, I do believe it's coming and they're going to, you know, another another wave of scare tactics. So, and obviously, will I will I get it? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm not throwing any of that unknown stuff into my arm because <laughs> like you said a properly tested vaccine is like what is it 10 12 years to actually know if it's effective so to to force people to, not to to potentially force people or try to get them to comply with that when they don't even know if it's actually going to be effective that's a problem yeah and i think don there's one thing that we do know uh in this whole thing it will be approved by all the people. And that's the one thing they hedged on. Well, it still has to be approved. That is a formality. Are you kidding me? There's so much money wrapped up in this. There's so much control wrapped up in this. You can guarantee. And it's interesting. I think in your, in, cause I had read something similar on this too. I believe it's going to be ready by September. Mm -hmm. Like you talk about a rush, you know, yeah. rush to the finish line. Which means Next it's month. already been in the works since yeah. the beginning. I mean, that's this it. Is, this is that's something it. that is. That's new. it. That's it. Yep. Three 100%. cheers for warp speed. Amen. <laughs> Trump and Pence. Worse. Worse, worse. approach. <laughs> Terrible. 
<laughs> Good grief. Hey, hey I, I've heard the same thing Jeremy's talked about. There is more language in this that I don't like. I don't want this to be mandated. I don't want it to be required. This should be an optional thing for people as much as I joke around about if I get the shot or not. I, I don't know. And I, I too, like you guys, have a hard time believing some of the folks I want to believe for these decisions after yeah. uh, the last couple of years. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but hey, what what about what about the colleges that are um, you know pretty pretty liberal that are already in uh, COVID protocols? They they went back to that. If you recall, we yeah. said on our podcast at one point, will masks ever go away? And I remember saying at that time, there will never be a time from this time forward where there will be a complete you know abandonment. 100% from masks. There will always be somewhere in the United States, I even believe, but for sure in the world where there is going to be this constant um, approach, which is already proven to be very, very uh, wrong. Um, but but we're seeing that in, in some of the liberal colleges already, even this fall. Yeah, but I going back to your, I think there was a lot of mandating and forcefulness the first time around. I don't I don't know that this one sounds even more on top of, if anything, I actually thought the other way when I heard it. Like I thought yeah, they recognized when, when they tried to force the mandates and it went all the way to the Supreme Court and most of it got shut down. I think that was like a a, a shot to them. But you know, maybe from your point, Jeremy, that they're they're doing it more subtly now. Um, yeah. And and it, and maybe it'll be more forceful uh, than 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 what it was originally. But it it will be very interesting to see. But every, I mean, the last couple of years, every time we got to the fall and winter months, where you traditionally would see the increase in influenza, you know, COVID for the last couple of years, like there's always been this talk. So I I'm I'm waiting to see if this is just chatter at the beginning of the season, or if this has got a little bit more traction to it. Remind me, guys, again, not to get my flu shot. I'm not getting it. That's right. Amen. When do you get it and where? What do you do? Walk into Walgreens and go, oh, man. Oh, I remember last gotta year. Have I, got it. It. I got to get it. I, I was in for something random, and, and I said, they want you out. You want your flu shot? I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably get the flu shot. I'm not anti-vax. And then you yeah. guys all balked at me like, <laughs> and then uh, so I took it. Then I got sick as a dog like a week later. Yeah, but you probably walked out with like fifty dollars worth of free groceries, though, too. Like they're paying you to take this shot. Like CVS is like you're a a part owner. We get three of their vaccine shots, and I like got the keys to the store. It's unbelievable. They got the flu vaccine. They're giving away that. They're giving that thing away like it's like it's some of uh, some of Jeremy's farm fresh butt nuggets, (laughs) right? Lamb, lamb, another Probably not farm fresh butt nuggets. I not, don't think yes. so. Is that I what think. he? Is that what he said? That's what yeah. he said. He I said, didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Jeremy, no, I'm no, sorry. They are. No, that's what they <laughs> are. Come on. That's right. Farm yeah. fresh. <laughs> you put a sign out, they'll be. Yeah, they be people crawling all over you. I have a coffee mug that says "My girls poop breakfast." That's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we're get, getting close to being synergistic here, I guess. I retract my time out. It's all good, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy's in. Welcome to the Midwest, man. <laughs> hey, but, but before we get, I think I think Jeremy's uh, got a topic coming up here soon. But before we get to that, I do want to say you got me thinking with with Don's comment about the flu vaccine at High V. Some of the ways I can afford soda these days is when High V does a buy a 
two of the 12 packs get two for free you know i could i could start to afford it again at that point mm. so maybe if they do buy two shots get two free i can do flu and covid and get rsv and shingrix for free so if i can find that deal i'm in if you pay for any vaccine nowadays you're on drugs <laughs> like literally they will free, though. they will poke your arm you just yep. look at them like for more than a second oh it must have had a jab <laughs> Right, did you, right? Did you get your jab at, at a, at a gar- out of a garage last time? What are you talking about going to Hy-Vee? That's right, right. right. I mean, you know, Hy-Vee's a step up. Don, I I always look for the deal. So if the garage has the deal, I'll do it there. If IV has a deal, I'll do it there. So depends. Goodness gracious! Uh, this will this will certainly be one to watch. So, all right, we're gonna gonna turn over to Kenny, who's gonna tee up. Uh, some some discussion on on trafficking and the that movie Sounds of Freedom. Yeah, thanks guys. I so I wanted to talk about this for a few reasons. Well, one, I did go see the movie. Um, we're not gonna probably not gonna talk about the movie or the contents of it much, um, really at all. But I think I was encouraged um, to see how many people you know whether you and you could see it in social media. You know, I. I went to this little theater in little AMC and it's like an old school one, no reclining seats and, and all that. And sometimes I was, uh, my daughter and I will go to a movie there and especially if it's Christian themed, we'll be the only two people in the entire theater. So I was kind of wondering, man, is, is sound of freedom going to be the same way? You know, is it, is it going to be well-received? Is it going to be packed? So my wife and daughter were actually out of town and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go see this movie at like nine 30 at night. And I go, and the guy in front of me purchased the very last ticket and I heard it. And I'm like, I think I heard that. And I'm like, I got up and I'm like, sound of freedom. They're like, sorry, sold out. And I was like, okay, well that's, it stinks, but that's kind of cool. You know? So, so I ended up going, I think two nights later, but I tell you what, I, it was packed again and mm. just, yeah, I know a few of you guys, you guys have seen it, but I mean, it's, it's an emotional movie. And I think all five of us have, have daughters um, and you know, when you think about that, you know, that chance that it could be one of our own, it's like, I mean, myself, there's other grown men in there. I mean, tears in our eyes and it's like, wow. So then it got me thinking, what, what really got me thinking is, you know, what are we doing as, as a body of believers, as Christians, as the church, um, what are we doing about this? You know, what, what should we be doing about it? I guess that's the bigger question. You know, I raised, I was raised in a, you know, Baptist home, Baptist preacher. I'll tell you what, I don't think I've ever heard. I don't think he was ever talked about in the church. Um, I, it wasn't talked about in the church after I became an adult and moved to different churches. I haven't heard it talked about in churches down here. And yet I think we all know that it's a pretty big problem. I think that's I think that's widely accepted whether you're whether you're saved, unsaved, liberal, conservative, I think it's well accepted that it's a major problem. Um I looked at some stats and it's like 800,000 up to a million kids worldwide, you know, missing every year and um it's like what are we doing about it? You know, what should we be doing as a church? And I guess that's that's really what I wanted to do today is just kind of tee it up and get people thinking, like get us thinking of what mm. can I mean you know, I think I feel how I feel helpless. Um, so, and I guess maybe before we go any further, you know, Matt, I don't know. Do you want to play that clip? Sure. Um, there's a clip. There's a news article that uh, I want to share with you guys that, that uh, pretty powerful. Texas girl disappeared from a Dallas Mavericks game. 
She was found days later with sex traffickers. Tonight, investigator Ginger Allen takes you back to the very beginning and then to how the girl ended up back in the arms of her family. April 8, 2022. The Dallas Mavericks were hosting the Portland Trailblazers. Kyle Morris and his daughter went to the game just as they had many times before. We've had season tickets for the last few years. Their season tickets were in section 221, just below the suites. Morris says just before halftime, his daughter left her seat. She says she's got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she's 15 years old. I'm like, we've been here countless times, and I'm like, go to the bathroom. That would be the last time Morris would see her that night. They say security cameras at the AAC captured what happened next. Less than two minutes after she gets up and walks out, the guy in the suite leaves the suite and goes down the escalator. The Morses say these surveillance photos show the man walking and talking with their daughter. Brooke Morris says the girl was lured out of the building under false pretenses. Let's go hang out until the game's over and then, you know, you can get back to your dad. Back in Section 221. Absolute panic. Kyle Moore says he was flagging down security officers, including an off-duty Dallas police officer. They searched the building, but did not find her. I'm just like counting on these security officers to tell me what to do. I was following direction. Those directions were to report the 15-year-old as a runaway, not in Dallas, but where the family lived, 30 miles away in North Richland Hills. There was a part of me that was like, why are you going home? You know, you know she's there somewhere. But then he said, well, that's what the police are telling me to do. Dallas police tell the I-team that is standard operating procedure for parents to report runaways to their home jurisdiction. Say we live in Houston. Say we live in a different state and we're just in town. They literally would have had us go file with our local. But it didn't happen in North Richland Hills. These individuals were not in North Richland Hills. They were in Dallas. Days turned into a week. Then a Facebook friend suggested the Morrises try a new tactic. Call this guy. He, he can definitely help you. We're in a fight, and it's a fight for time. J.B. Rice is the executive director of the nonprofit Texas Counter Trafficking Initiative, which is based in Austin. He asked us not to show his face to protect his ongoing investigations. He goes, send me a couple pictures of her. What identifying features she had, markings, tattoos, piercings, just the whole nine, height, weight. I'll call you back if I get anything. You know, okay, thank you so much. Didn't even think I would hear from him. But she did. He called back just a few hours later, around midnight. And he's like, I, I think I found something. He shows me these horrendous websites, and there she was. And my jaw just fell to the floor. Rice had combed through prostitution ads online. He found the 15-year-old in an advertisement in Oklahoma City. The Post claimed she was 21, saying, I am here from Dallas, visiting, looking for some company. And he said, this is actually a good thing. And I'm thinking, how, how is this a good thing? This is the most terrible thing I've ever seen in my life. How is this a good thing? He goes, because I know where she's at, and I know how to get a hold of her. Rice managed to get in touch with Oklahoma City's vice unit early that morning. The Morrises say officers moved fast to find their daughter. Within three hours, they were able to figure out which hotel it was, and they were able to plan an, uh, an operation to recover her within three hours. And mind you, this has now been a full week since the situation happened. Dallas police still hasn't even taken a report. Oklahoma City police pulled surveillance video from the hotel and saw the girl had been there. 
that she was gone by the time they arrived. It would be another two days before an officer spotted her walking down the street. He didn't even put two and two together because she didn't look like her pictures. But he said she stuck out like a sore thumb. The officer took her to the hospital, and that's where the family reunited for the first time in 10 days. Brooke says her daughter was shocked to see them come through the door. And I said, did you not think I would come for you? And she said, no, 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 no. She was, I didn't think you knew where I was. And that's when I found out she only had found out she was in Oklahoma, I think, within the previous 24 hours. She didn't even know where she was. As soon as I walked in, was, I mean, our daughter, just she just started sobbing. All I saw was, was like our four-year-old little girl laying in that bed. And when she was crying, I got up to her and I hugged her and she was hugging me and she said, Daddy, they hurt me. And she said, they took advantage of me. And she said, you were right about those times that we had talked to her about this type of stuff, you know, being a real thing to worry about. That 10 days of trauma has forever changed their daughter. Now they're hoping to save other teenagers from the same fate. Just be where you're supposed to be. Just be where you're supposed to be, where your parents think you're supposed to be, because these things can get so far out of your realm of control in an instant. Oklahoma City Police have made four arrests in connection to the trafficking case there. Three of them have been convicted and are serving time. A fourth is awaiting trial. Doug? You as a mom, me as a dad, uh, and so many parents watching this can't, mm. can't even begin to fathom what transpired there. Talk to me, though, about the latest on the Dallas case, because they mentioned that. Is there any movement there? There has been some, Doug. Dallas made its first and right now only arrest in January. It's a 33-year-old man who is now charged with sexual assault of a child. Investigators say he was seen walking around the American Airlines Center here with the girl. At this point, he has not entered a plea, and we have not received a comment from his attorney. And in this case, a big thanks to a private investigator and our public law enforcement as well for getting this young child back home. Ginger, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to share that story, and of course, it's heartbreaking. I've watched it a few times, but yeah, first few times, I got got to tell you what, I couldn't, I mean, the tears were flowing. Thinking about that, think of if it's your daughter, and you know, says, Dad, they hurt me. Like, hmm. so anyways, I just, I really want to talk about, like, the reality that it's here. Um, I've got, I know somebody who, who knows of it happening in their county where parents are willingly, they're actually, they're willingly giving their children but we're not really knowing what they're giving to, but they're doing it for money. So there's parents that are complicit in it, but not realizing what they're actually sending their kids into. Hmm. Um, that's happening in, in local counties. And, um, but, but the reality is these people, they know what they're doing. They know how to manipulate these children, these teenagers, they, we can, you know, we can tell them, Hey, you don't do this. You don't do that. You don't talk to these people. They, they are trained of how to talk to these kids and how to get them to believe their story. And, you know, that's what happened to this girl, you know, in Dallas and it's just heartbreaking. And again, you know, coming back to what do we do? And that's my question for you guys is what, I mean, do you have any thoughts? Like, what should we be doing as a church? Like, how can we do that? I mean, the evil that is happening to children um, and, <laughs> right right in our backyards and the church doesn't really talk about it so what do we do <clears throat> kenny this is a very deep deep topic and uh yep. i appreciate your your broaching this even 
I, I think from churches' perspectives, um, it's very difficult because um, churches want to see their young people in church all the time. They want to see them in these protected environments. They want to see them in youth groups. They want to see them in all these different things. And I'm not saying bad stuff doesn't happen there too, because I know it does. But one thing that is true, and I think just about any teens, not just particularly girls, but guys too, is that, you know, when you're a teenager and you're being told these, this is right, this is wrong, this is a good place to be, this is a bad place to be, we have this inward, you know, desire to want something that's other than where we're at. There's this kind of this pull. And so I think, especially, particularly vulnerable girls and, and young men too, um, are lured out of that and and out of that safe environment um, pretty easily because they they want something they want something else or want something different. I'm not saying that happens every single time, but but the other thing is that it's impossible for even parents, just like this couple, to be um, a complete protection the entire time over your children and have that watch care over them. And it is that is a a terrifically difficult task and from churches perspectives you know whether it's whether it's um, sexual abuse or these other things um, to have security cameras to have you know more people that are vouched that are you know that are that go through um, training and other things to be able to identify some some you know maybe some uh, you know identifiers or some some profiling that you might be able to see somebody who's going to take advantage of some some kid or something. Um, these things are are really important to do. Our church does a thing called ministry safe. And so we put every single one of our people who, who deals with a kid, doesn't matter what it is, they have to go through this. And, and then this ministry safe um, content actually walks through profiles of these kinds of people. So it helps you identify some of the things and they show these people, they show what they look like. They give the testimony. These people who are in jail talk about um, what they did and why they did it and, and the kind of the process. I mean, it's a dark and deep and hard to go through training, but if we don't put that kind of stuff in front of people, then we're just kind of like, well, I think. I think we're okay. And we do the, I think we're okay thing to the chagrin and sometimes to the, the um, problem of, and the experience of having something, you know, terrible happening like this. And you mentioned, we all have daughters. That's true. And there are days where this is on my mind a lot. Um, and I, you know, I pray God's protection because I can't, I can't be with Annika every moment of every day. I can't be with my girls every moment of every day. And even though I, I want to and want to have constant communication, um, they know very clearly that they cannot go anywhere with anybody or even go, you know, and have a conversation. Um, that would be, that would be like that outside of, you know, really are my knowledge and, and understanding, because I know that there are people that are going to manipulate and take advantage. And it's a terrible thing. I don't think there's an easy answer, Kenny. I really don't. I don't think there's an easy answer. But awareness mm -hmm. has got to be one of the starting points. So before you guys, before the other guys, if you guys have comments, I, I, I love that, Jeremy. I, I really do. And I, I love hearing, you know, when churches are putting these safeguards in place and um, I, I think 
I think a lot of churches are are going there and doing that. My, like you said, it's deep. My bigger question is, as a church, like as as the as the whatever you want to call it, the global, the universal church, like, is there more that we can do to stop the stop the traffic? I mean, I don't know what you call it, the trafficking pandemic itself. You know, whatever you want to call it, but like, can we do more as globally? Like to are we not praying about this enough? Should we have, you know, should we have regular prayer meetings specifically about the global crisis of children being taken and just disappearing? They're just gone. Like, should we do more about that? You know, so that's the other, I guess, you know, what, what you, you know, what you're talking about is perfect because yeah, that's what these lo- local churches need to be doing that to, to protect their own. Should we be doing more for the global crisis? So I guess, and I know, I know we're probably short on time here too, but those, those are kind of where, where I was going with this too. Yeah. Just, just a couple thoughts, you know, from my perspective on it, I, um, I have not seen the sounds of freedom. I do plan on seeing that. Um, but I, I think the, basically the premise of it is uh, a gentleman, uh, and, and his team, they go out and actively search for those missing and try to try to identify these cells and whatever. Um, you know, you know, should churches be actively putting together teams to do that? I think in some cases, yes. I don't know that every church needs to have a, a child trafficking, you know, SWAT team necessarily. As I think about it, um, you know, I think about the relationships that we have with our kids and how important that is, you know. And it seemed, at least from the clip that you you had us play, Kenny, that, that family seemed like a loving family. They had talked about it. It looks like the dad had done mm-hmm. stuff with the daughter many, many times. And yet, given the occasion, given the opportunity, there was still a a, a pull for something different, something more. Mm-hmm. And I think whether it's child trafficking or whether it's the love of money or whether it's uh, the desire to be loved or liked or, 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 or doted on by the world, um, it, it's really a, a, even a deeper question, you know, beyond sexuality is um, what are we satisfied and looking for in this world? And I think as, as a dad, I think that's one of the biggest things that I, in my own personal life, um, you know, wrestle with, but then how do I ensure that my daughters are receiving that love uh, and feel loved so they're not searching for things outside or would be more prone to do that? Not saying that if I'm, you know, the best father I can be, then that wouldn't happen necessarily. It certainly could because there's evil in the world. But I, I think about what we can do as dads, um, as families, as as parents to create an environment where uh, children are are given the things that they need. So there's, there's not as much of attraction to look outside. Maybe what, three... what would you, what would you, I'm sorry, Don, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Three things I had real quick. I think that, um, that I wrote down that I feel like, um, to answer Kenny's question, what is the church's responsibility? And I think first of all, the church's responsibility is to, um, you know, make it an awareness of this one, but also, like we saw Alistair Baga there talk about uh, homosexuality, name it, name the sin, name the sin. Mm-hmm. It's wrong to have sex with a 15 year old girl. It's, it's wrong to pay for that kind of service. Uh, whatever you call it. It's, it's wrong. I mean, actually get to the nitty gritty and start and start calling this stuff out for what it is and start making awareness that this, this is actually going on. And to make uh, uh, parents aware of what's happening. And if you're a parent, second thing I would say is that there is no conversation that is off the table with your children. 
and I can credit my dot my uh, Jen for this, my wife, who uh, the red the redhead in her <laughs> comes out when it needs to, and when it comes out, it comes out. And we have had plenty of conversations at the dinner table where my two daughters wanted to crawl under the table and be like, "Make it stop, Dad! Make it stop!" <laughs> because she will name it as what it is and say, "You know, hmm. this is what's happening. You need to watch out for this." And also credit these parents in this story. Don't rely on. The civil authorities, right. whether it be the government right. or your 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 local officials, your police, to do it. Because what did the, I mean? Did they? Did it sound like they contacted like a, a detective or something like that outside of the police? Is that what they did? Who was the Probably person that PI, actually? Yeah, was yeah. yeah. Credit yeah. them for not just for not sitting back for a week, getting frustrated with the police. Because if I did not hear that right, uh, they the the detective found the found the gal, found their daughter. And the uh, they actually had a SWAT, or you know, were ready to raid the 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 hotel in the in Oklahoma, and that the Dallas police hadn't even filed the report yet. Hmm. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Credit these th this family for saying, you know what, I'm not going to rely on this this you know, Mickey Mouse troop out here trying to track down my child. We're gonna we're gonna take things in our into our own hands and uh and that's what they did and credit that fam credit that mom and dad for 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 doing that man that's that's awesome hmm. good stuff though yeah. Kimmy what would you want to hear from a church what 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 would what would I mean you have a daughter so I mean what yeah what I would, don't what would make you just be like yeah we're on the right track not saying no, you got all the, the answers <clears throat> yeah that Jared that's the thing I don't know I don't know what I want to hear I'm just thinking like. What are, you know, I, I feel like we don't, we don't get on our knees. Like, and I, I don't, as a Christian, I don't, I don't get on my knees and weep to God and ask him and just beg him to take this away from us. Like I, to me, maybe that's the starting point. Like we need to like get on our knees as, as a, as a church and like, not just do a, you know, a, a, a rehearsed prayer or rehearsed speech, you know, through a prayer. It's it, let's just, let's beg him. Let's weep. Let's get on our knees and say, God, we can't do this. We can't do anything without you. Like we, these right. children are suffering. We don't know where they are. Please stop these men, put, put people in their way. I, I don't know. To me, that's a starting point. Like, I just don't yeah. hear it in the church. I hear nothing. And yet there's millions of kids missing. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I, that, so I get, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. Cause that, that's kind of what I'm searching for. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> answer is. I don't know what I'm looking for. I just know that we need to do something. So let, let, let me let me just give everybody maybe just a, a taste of of the passion that we need to have. In the end of James chapter one, he says, pure, relig pure and undefiled religion is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world, hmm. even though they might not be an orphan. Uh, I believe that there is a terrible terrible wickedness that Satan is just unleashing on kids from foster situations mm -hmm. to sexual predators within the home to pastors that are abusing their relationships and ministry people that Jesus says, suffer the little children, let them come to me. And we need to have the salvation like an innocent child. But th the point is that these children are innocent. And if there is a way for us to go and be a part of that, some of us and some ministries have that training that equipment the people some don't to fake it until you make it isn't good either 
and I think I think there's got to be you know just this fundamental reality that children are of the Lord and they're a very precious gift and we need to treat them as such and anything against them anything against them Jesus says let the millstone be tied around the neck and be better for somebody to drown like that than to lead a child away and I don't believe that's just not not knowing Christ although I think in the context that's it however (laughs) you can do a whole lot of atrocities to a young young child and ruin their earthly life um so we we just need to remember that so So we can just pray for millstones to be uh executed prior to any harm befalling children i guess huh i mean i i I agree that that prayer ought to be the uh, that's the least we should be doing is Hmm. getting on our knees because yeah i think if it's not mentioned in churches putting all this together not mentioned in churches people aren't going to be thinking about what are the prayer needs you know uh you know at our church we've got some categories of prayer for Wednesday night prayer service. And, you know, we got a section and in one of the sections, it's got government leaders spelled out, you know, why, why can't we include something like this as it's an ongoing tragedy taking place? So um, yeah, we'll just put millstone prayer or something like that in that category. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, real quick, we'll wrap that this, this up here, but I I was going to say, Matt, you might have to do, yeah. You might have to do an amen section just on Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy, seriously, I, I I appreciate what you said tonight. Like, it's very powerful stuff, good stuff. Seriously, like, thank you for your comments. Um, But yeah, to go along with that, I've been doing some other research. Like I said, we could talk about this for three hours. I've been reading about, you know, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, parents and people sacrificing their children, children to Moloch. And I'm like, I don't remember ever learning about this growing up. It's like, but the reality is it's there. The Bible talks about this stuff and, and God will have no part of it. Like these people are not, they are not going to be welcome in, you know, in, through the pearly gates. <laughs> it's, I mean, the Bible talks about it, but we don't for some reason as a church, we, in general, in general, the church just doesn't talk about it. So I'll leave it with that. Thank you guys for your comments. It's, it sounds like it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough topic without a question. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely some good thoughts by everybody. And Kenny, I appreciate you kind of kind of teeing that up. I think that's uh, some of the tough conversations and thoughts that we need to have and think through that. And and, and God protect all our children and and obviously all the children around the world. And uh, you know, just yeah, rend evil from <laughs> evil in this world is just terrific. So thanks for bringing that to light. All righty, um, going back to the the agenda after after all that stuff I think jeremy do you want to tee up i think we're uh we're ready for the, uh, yeah, the just second. roll it we'll talk after we'll roll all it. right perfect again so schaefer farms uh update number two uh premiering on the six in the mix podcast here we go everybody, Jeremy Schaefer here for Schaefer Farms. I want to give you a pro tip and we're going to be looking at tomato plants. Hopefully give you a couple of helpful tips of how to grow them and how to keep them in really good shape way into August and deep into the fall. So come with me, join me, and we're going to go out to the tomato patch. First things first, just get a steak. You can cut it from a two by four any scrap lumber that's around. Sometimes I take it from old pallets or whatever. And all I'm going to do is find the root of the plant and I drive this down in so that it's pretty firm. 
The next thing to do is to take the stem of the plant, the very, very strong stem of the plant, and kind of run it up the stake. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of tie this thing right to the stake to kind of keep it up so that we have, um, we give it some stability. And I use this wire. Some people don't like the wire because it's not very flexible. It's what I have. You can buy some what's called garden tape. It's a little bit more stretchy and it's a little bit nicer on the plant, but this'll work for this, this uh, video here. So what you're gonna do is you're just gonna kind of tie this thing on and support it in a couple of different places so that the plant will start to grow up and not down on the ground. Now that we have the plant upright, as you can see, it's almost three feet tall and it was laying on the ground. We've got quite a few blossoms up here and these are the clusters that we want to produce our fruit. In fact, on this plant, there's a couple of tomatoes that are actually already growing here and that's great. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna prune off everything below this fruit cluster. So take a pair of snips and we're gonna cut everything off, not the main stem of course, but we're gonna cut this all off and prune it and don't throw these away quite yet. But we're gonna take a lot of this off. In fact, do you see this one right here, this big lead? We're gonna take this one off, even though it has a fruit cluster, because this is gonna rob a lot of nutrients and a lot of growth from the stuff that's up here. We're just gonna get rid of it for right now. All right, now, one more thing about tomato plants. There's something that tomato plants do really well, and that is they produce a lot of branches that are called suckers. They basically take a lot of effort to grow them, but they produce nothing. And so here's what I want you to look at. When you look at your tomato plant, you see the main stem here, and you see this branch coming off, but this branch right here, that is a sucker. It comes out at a 45 degree angle out of those, um, out of that main lead. And you wanna take those and get rid of them because that will take the nutrients out of your tomato plant and put it to growing a huge amount of leaves, but produce nothing for the actual tomato itself. Now, we've got about 15 or so different um, blossoms here. And we've already taken out several of the tomato plants and we've taken off the leads like this. Don't throw these away. You can if you have lots of them, but if you're like me, you might actually want to use these. And if you take this and give it a nice clean snip and put this in soil and keep it watered, this will begin to grow and you'll have a whole new tomato plant. So a few weeks ago, I went and I pruned all my tomato plants and I took a little stem just like this and I got myself an old pot, put some soil in it, planted it, and look at this. We're growing tomatoes again and it's got four tomatoes on it already. I pruned all my other tomato plants, but this one I let just go a while. You can see it's kind of flattened out. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight big branches out of it. It's a big, big bush now. And I have 
three tomatoes down here that are growing close to the ground, four, five tomatoes that are growing close to the ground. But this tomato plant should have lots of tomatoes, 15, 20 tomatoes. But the reason it doesn't is because it's putting all its energy into growing all this foliage, but not doing anything with the fruit. Now let me show you one that's pruned. Now here's a tomato that I've pruned for the last about three weeks. And as you can tell, there's probably about 20 different tomatoes on them. In about a week, they'll look like this. They're big, they're large, they're healthy, and there's even new growth coming at the top. So I can tell you that you let your tomato plant just grow, you'll get a couple of tomatoes. But if you prune it, the tomatoes will come out in droves. Your produce and your production will go sky high. And that's for most tomatoes. So just to kind of do a real experiment here in my garden to show you that there actually is a big difference. That's your pro tip. Steve, I got a question. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, that's, that's impressive stuff, man. So, but obviously we all knew you in college, of course, that's how we're together. Like yeah. this from college, like this isn't you, right? So when, when did you gain this knowledge? Like, did you, did you watch a lot of videos? Did you have like a, you know, somebody that was like a mentor? Like, tell us about that. Well, my dad, my dad had gardens all his life. I just hated working in them because he made me do all the busy work and all the, you know, <laughs> the weeding and stuff. And then he just, you know, gained all this produce. So no, we had gardens all growing up, even in Phoenix, we had that. Um, but, but uh, more recently in Ohio with my dad had a big garden with him and, and had that. Okay. And then I didn't start gardening really until about four years ago when I got um, a little, moved out to the country and had some, some space to do it. And so we, we, we have all kinds of produce. We get, we, <laughs> we, we uh, supply the neighborhood with uh, lots and lots of produce and it's great. Fresh, eat, fresh eating. It's so good. It is so good. Shape. This is really timely. This is really timely for me because I got, I got two tomato plants right outside my, my window right now. They're just all over the place that I'm like, what, what, what have I done? And uh, they're in a, they're in a raised bed. We got a raised yeah. bed. Uh, and and you, uh, did you do the cages? You got the cages on? No, them? I didn't do cages. I did a steak. Um, okay. But yeah, that, but I, I think I did a steak too late. Um, but, uh, but the pruning, I should, yeah, that's where I think that's what I'm missing. That's what I was. And, and yeah, I did. If, if you, I'm telling you, if you prune and you, you find the first, whatever um, set of blossoms on there and you prune up to there, and even you can go a little bit higher, as long as the tomato plant has like, the palm tree approach it's got it's got like a canopy yeah yeah yeah. it'll go nuts underneath there it'll just go crazy and you'll have all kinds of tomatoes it's what if you get spots what do you have spots on your tomato what does that mean if you okay so if you have spots on your tomato they are deficient in uh calcium so you need you need to go to your local garden store and they'll sell a specific um uh, basically mix for tomatoes that, that are, are low in calcium and sodium. And you can put that right in the ground and you, you, I mean, you can't heal that tomato anymore. It, you know, once it's, once it's started, it's done. But one thing that you can do to prevent that is to go and put that in the ground. The other thing is, um, if you get Epsom salt, Epsom salt, um, like from your, you know, CVS or you go to Walgreens or whatever, 
sold at Walmart, put that around your tomato plants. That makes the tomato plant extremely um, strong. The, the, the main branch, everything gets really, really, really strong. It's a, it's a really good um, supplement to, to give your uh, tomato plants. They, they take a ton of nitrogen from the soil. So you don't want to plant them in the same spot every year, unless you really, you know, doctor the soil. But if you prune your tomato plants, even now, even as it's late in the in the year, it will put all that energy into making the fruit grow and it'll, you'll get much, much larger um, tomatoes. Way better. Awesome. That's fantastic. I'm going to share it with my, uh, my eight-year-old little Ruby's got a couple tomato plants that can greatly benefit from your expertise. So yeah. we'll be shoot you yeah. some pics. So good, good stuff. Good All right, you get gonna... the, where, where'd you get that music? That hillbilly, uh, hillbilly R and like B. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I'm just throwing new, new stuff at you because you, you, you made mention of my last one. So, um, I, I, I may throw cotton eye Joe in there. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, hey, it's, Free intro outro stuff that's out there on the internet. It's great. <laughs> cool. All right, Don's gonna uh, take us away with uh, calling your shot. All right, boys, calling your shot. Here we go. Uh, episode sixty four. Mark it down. Um, we need to get an official uh, official roll of what is about to be uh, prognosticated. I got uh, it. Right, I'll mark right. it down. Perfect. I would appreciate that. I know you'd probably keep it safe and sound next to your Corvette in your garage right bingo bingo (laughs) for that kitchen fire that almost took her down (laughs) there was that all right the nfl season is upon us well not upon us but september 7th i think that's uh a little over a week and a half away uh Mm -hmm. thursday game i think there's a slot a slate of two games chiefs and detroit like who's what's the late game do anybody know what the late game is on thursday i can't remember didn't look significant to me to be to pay attention to it, but I did notice Chiefs in Detroit sounded like a good uh, good little tilt to begin the season. So I'm here. I'm asking for two things. Uh, first thing is is going to be NFC division final standings, ranked one to four. Now NFC North. Or NFC North. Okay, NFC, NFC North. North. Right. Oh, okay. So, okay. so Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. How are they going to? Uh, finish and then the second question will be who will be in the Super Bowl and we'll go with the winner so I'm going to go in this order first I'm going to ask for the NFC division uh, final standings I'm going to go Kenny Schaefer Ryan Matt and then myself all right so this is the NFC division final standings Kenny go all right. I was I was hoping to go last, but I will just go first and make my decision here. I, I'm going to be a homer, uh, but here's the deal. It's going to be Minnesota. Ryan, you got this. Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay. And my 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 little caveat real quick is that I believe Minnesota and Detroit are both going to be 9 and 7. Or 9 and 8, sorry. We're 17 games now, 9 and 8. And I believe Chicago and Green Bay are both going to be 7 and 10. But mm. Minnesota and Chicago wins those tiebreakers. Wow. All right, Mr. Schaefer. I'm going with Minnesota, the Packers, the Lions, and then the Bears. Wow. All right. High on the pack in, in uh, Scani, huh? 
I think they're going to surprise some people. I think because of the the emphasis of Rogers gone, I think they're going to have a little bit of less eyes on them. And, you know, not that that's going to be a huge thing, but I think there's going to be some unknowns with love and maybe his backup. Um, I think they may surprise some people, in, including me. I, you know, losing Rodgers and, and losing some of what they lost is is big. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no doubt. And they could be yep. in for a rough ride. It could go, you know, real south, but we'll see. Yep. All right. All right. Got it right. down. Before I give mine, Don, can you at least um tell the tell the guys this isn't a fair fight because of my prediction skills from the game the other night? He did call a a Korea home run at the <laughs> at the Minnesota Twins game. He did call the Minnesota <laughs> home. Korea home run. That was impressive. I will give him that. Yeah. I'm just glad yeah. there was a I'm glad there was a witness. There there might be some doubters if it weren't for Don being a witness. So he even has cheat codes for the Minnesota Twins games. That's all <laughs> I, I don't know how it works. He's, he's, he's a master. Busted. All right. So I, I've got um similar. Actually, I think this is going to be different from the first two guys. I've got the Vikings, Lions, Packers, and Bears. Um Similar to what Kenny shared, I, I see the Vikings and Lions as the top two teams. As I thought about the Bears and Green Bay, I, I picked Green Bay ahead of the Bears just because I think their defense will be a little better. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting with uh, Chicago's fields having a lot more experience than Green Bay's quarterback yeah. for the first time yeah. in a while. So, yeah, that's something to consider. All right. Uh, Minnie? Number one, Detroit number two, Chi Town number three, and picking up the rear would be the Packers, who will flirt with an O for season. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's a little much, isn't it? Nope. Certainly isn't. <laughs> all the riches that team has had quarterback wise, I want to see him go penniless and to the breadline each and every week. I want to take him to the woodshed <laughs> unreal okay <laughs> got it i love love all love all our scotty fans by the way you guys are great <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll probably feel the heat on monday <laughs> <laughs> all right that leaves me so i am going to go uh number one will be uh the detroit lions mm. uh, number two will be the green bay packers mm. number three the minnesota vikings <laughs> and number four the Chicago Bears. I think uh, the Detroit Lions wow. uh, finished off the season as one of the hotter teams in the NFL last year, even though they did not make the playoffs. They were the better team, the best team in the NFC by the end of the season. I think they will complete the uh, complete the deal mm -hmm. this season. I think that uh, the Green Bay Packers, for whatever reason, they are the Green Bay Packers, and they mm -hmm. always get the best quarterback in the league. Mm -hmm at some point it's ridiculous i don't get it i hate it to with a passion how does that happen they Hall are going to quarterbacks yeah they're, they're gonna have third a third they're gonna they're gonna fall into the a third quarterback that's gonna be great i mean i'm not gonna say he's gonna be uh amazing just yet but he's gonna be good enough because i think minnesota and chicago are, are gonna battle it out for the final spot um i just don't see how um the minnesota vikings defense is going to improve on anything that they did last year yes we have a new defensive coordinator but uh they didn't do we'll, we'll we'll see how we'll see how important that defensive coordinator 
coaching position is this season because uh, I don't I don't see how this is going to make anything different. They still got the same players basically. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to uh, in a contract year, so I think he will have a decent season. But uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're looking at a sophomore slump for uh, for O'Connell. So. He's got great handlebar mustache right now, though. He's rocking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk Don, we're gonna be we're gonna be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. We're just gonna outscore teams. Our <laughs> that always is gonna works. be fantastic. That always works. We can always rely on that. <laughs> no, it works. It works until the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got the final standings. Now we're gonna go in reverse order. Um, I will be last since I have since I'm leading the segment. So we'll start. How with is Matt. that? How is that reverse yeah. order? If it if you're gonna go, no, you're gonna go first, you clown, if, or it's not reverse order. <laughs> Third time out of the podcast. Those tomatoes are fine in your backyard. Just leave. That's great. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. You guys are gonna do that. Get your undies in a bunch. Okay, I'll take care of it here. Let's go. All right. So who's going to be in the Super Bowl? The New York Jets will be in the Super Bowl. And the Detroit Lions. Oh, my my word. Okay. The New York Jets will win the Super Bowl. The New York Jets will win the Super Bowl in uh, walkaway fashion with a uh, 34 to uh, maybe 14. Before we go on, you're saying that with complete confidence, knowing something. What what is it that is in your brain that's saying this is just going to happen automatically? Well, the New York Jets, I think, paid, is it are, bought and paid for? <laughs> they're stacked. They're stacked. I mean, aside from their offensive line, stacked. aside from their offensive yeah. line, which could be their downfall, uh, I just don't see how this team loses many games. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They've got two running backs. They didn't need to sign Delvin Cook. And they, have, and they have, and they have Bryce Hall, who's their, who's their running, who would, would have been rookie of the year last year had he not uh, tore his ACL, uh, and so uh, he's back. He seems healthy. He seems ready to go. Why they picked up Delvin was just, I think, was just insurance, or I th- well, actually, I think, I think, uh, I think Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers demanded that the Jets uh, sign him. And they did it to placate him. So uh, I think he wanted somebody, a veteran, in the backfield with him. Uh, but Bryce Hall is, is a, I think he's a fantastic back. And I think I'm he's going to run circles. Right. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, all right. Close, close circuit to all, all our friends and family in the Minneapolis area. If you're short on the devil's lettuce, head up to Brooklyn Park. There is a, <laughs> uh, there's a home where it apparently is flowing fast and free. <laughs> Like milk and honey back in the Old Testament times. What are you on? Facts, brother. Facts. Facts. It's facts, he said. All right, here's, facts. Here all right, here, here's the facts. Here's the facts. Going to be a repeat of the Super Bowl mm. from last year, mm. but Philly's going to Philly's gonna edge mm. out uh, Casey. Two, two, two incredible teams. I, I, San Francisco stays healthy. They might buy for it, but uh, Ooh, that that's a good one, is... Matt. Yeah, good job, Matt. That was a great pick. Good job. Okay, next. <laughs> is it me? Yeah, it's you, clown. Well, I am similar to Matt. Apparently, oh, we, oh, well, yeah. we, <laughs> we all, but it's different. It's not the exact same as Matt. I, I think last year I did pick, maybe I picked those two, but I, I I picked Philadelphia to win last year and they lost. However, 
I am wearing green tonight. Uh, mm. Everybody who's picked so far likes the color green. I'll say that. Yeah. But I'm going to go with my team from last year, Philadelphia, whose defense just got stronger. They've got weapons galore, including my boy DeAndre Swift now in the backfield, the yeah, best really. offensive line in football. I mean, yeah, they're just really? stacked. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's just yeah, just, just, just give them the title now, I say. But here's the surprise pick. I thought about it, and I'm going to actually pick a team that is near and dear to Don's heart. And I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars to make it to the AFC championship right. to prevail under their young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They have a lot of weapons. And who else is in their division? Why Why would they not win home field advantage in the playoffs? They've got the Colts. They've got the Texans and, and the Titans, I think. Mm. I mean, this, this, this could be the year that Trevor Lawrence grows up now that he's got Kenny's buddy, Calvin Ridley, the gambler, back on the field this year. All right. Wow. Yeah, I had I had the Chiefs and Philly as well, but I have the Chiefs winning instead of Philly mm-hmm. simply because I think there's some psychological things that are going on there and I for whatever whatever reason Mahomes has uh, has some magic touch and and whether that's a magic touch with the referees as well um that's why uh, but there's just there's more to it than just that's why you know don i think i think the jets are i don't think they're going to make it i i think that there's going to be too many eyes on them and i don't know i i think i think the uh the chiefs are gonna gonna take it all right well this uh that's exciting because my two teams at like don's uh, nobody talked about so I am going, well, somebody did mention San Fran, but I am going to go San Fran and my boy, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, So I'm going to go Cincinnati winning the whole thing over San Francisco. Ooh, Cincy. Nice. So you're expecting expecting Purdy to be like the second coming here to Montana. Is that what you're telling me? No. Not not even close. San Francisco, it doesn't matter. I could be their quarterback. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, that's the system that, is unbelievable. The the NFC championship game last year might beg to differ. But... <laughs> well, they didn't even have well, they should have thrown somebody else out there. Well, the point is you don't have to be a superstar to run that offense. Like they're just it's just a genius system. And they got you a great need, defense. You need a top level quarterback. To win the title, you need a top five quarterback, top three, top three quarterback to win it. To win Just a, ask to, to Don. Jordan Love is the next top five quarterback. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, I didn't say they were going to win. The guy. Win the. <laughs> Can I ask this question? Well, I don't. Were the yeah. Cowboys in any of your thoughts at all? <laughs> no. Good. Well, I just yeah. wanted to make sure they're still down there. <laughs> Everybody loves to talk about them, but no, no. Back is Cowboys. They choke I, worse than the Vikings do. I oh mean, my seriously, goodness. they're just they're yeah. terrible playoff team. Well, yeah, I, I mean they're they're great out of the gate and they got some momentum and then just you know Dak will get hurt. Somebody else it is just going to go terrible they, for them. They better hope Dak gets hurt. Maybe that's what they're saving. Grace. Yeah, well maybe. <laughs> well, he yeah, he was calling all the uh, the plays for their last um, preseason game. So maybe <laughs> maybe he's just going to go into the offensive coordinator position. Not a bad role for him. I I gave some thought to the Jets as well, Don, because their defense looks wonderful. But I, I do think there is a it is within the range of outcomes that Rogers 
dies in in the backfield because of the offensive line he has this year. So yeah, yeah, it is a concern. I, I that is the old that is one of my biggest concerns. But but uh, he's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a he's a top three quarterback. All right, Don. So the real question is, how much money have you placed on this already? <laughs> I'm not a betting man, Shape. Okay, a betting man. okay. All right, Phil Mickelson. All right. <laughs> Solid. All right. Are we ready to move on to trivia? Ryan oh, Redemption. Are we titled? I can't wait. I cannot wait for this. I've been waiting all week for this. <laughs> waiting all week for Sunday night, eh, Don? <laughs> all right this is gonna be good i've got four questions for you all tonight um <sighs> what was it why did we need that side <laughs> already off to a roaring start i can tell unbelievable uh, all right uh, so three of them will be uh truth related and then the last one will be tunes so okay matt at your yep. at your First discretion three. here. So I think Matt, did you win last time? Are you still on yeah. the winning streak? Yeah. Oh, come on, guys. We we need you. Nah. All right. Let's fire it up. Answer in form of a question, please. Question number one. This epistle ends with I Paul write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Matt. Matt. What is shoot what is second timothy that's not right incorrect good good guess though yep anybody else kenny kenny narrow it down for the other guys what a guy what (laughs) what is ephesians oh in incorrect we are winnowing the field here (laughs) all right done Don. What is Philippians? Oh, incorrect. Good guess, though. Way to wait us out, Jeremy. That's a smart call. Yeah, apparently. Uh, uh, Jeremy, what is Galatians? No, I, I think I know it now. That is incorrect. For no points, Matt, what are you thinking? Uh, what is Second Corinthians? Actually, the answer is Colossians. Ah, boy, you hit every other. You guys hit all wow. the other epistles, right? They hit them. They had all Galatians, the other shows. Dancing around yeah. it. Yeah. I can't wow. That. that was a good one. Okay. That's why I, I right. still have yeah. my job. Well, they, they, you got three more questions, pal. So <laughs> one point for Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. On a similar theme, question two. This Old Testament book concludes with Make haste, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag Matt. on a mountain. Matt. Uh, what is Song of Solomon? That is correct. <laughs> well done, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like me a little love. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> what's, wrong, what's wrong with that, baby? Matt's got this one memorized. Well done, Matt. All right. Our, uh, the guy on the streak is back in first place for two more questions here. Question three. This is what the name Christ means. Christ. 
Matt. Matt. This is just a stab in the dark, but what is the scent one? I'm gonna have to say incorrect. I, I, I do. I, I do have guess. three. I do have three answers I would take, and Ooh, that, that that's not that's a bad on the guess. Right track. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, guys. I paved the way. Okay, uh, Kenny. Kenny. Matt, I'm gonna think think you're on the right track. Maybe the chosen one. That is correct. That is one of the three oh. options I have wow, on okay. my list. So I would have accepted chosen one, anointed one, or the one I would have guessed, but based on a different language, Messiah. Yeah, that was uh, my thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow, this is you, this is good. This is coming down to the tunes question, question number four, as we close it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've got to come up with a tiebreaker if we don't get this one right. <laughs> oh, All right. Boy. This is the hymn. Where these lyrics live, and I'll—I'm not pulling from verse four. Uh, this is the starting verse of, from this hymn. You've got to give me the title of the hymn. Joys are flowing like a river since the Comforter has come. What? What hymn is? Did you write a hymn this like yesterday? <laughs> is that the whole entire first verse? Is there a chorus? Yeah, like what? Joys are flowing like a river since the comforter has come. He abides with us forever, made my heart his home. I think that's how the verse finishes out. And if I sing the chorus, it's going to be the first two words of the chorus. So I have not ever heard those lyrics before really? in my life. Exactly. Cla- classic. Yeah. Matt. Matt. I mean, I might know the chorus, but come on. What is Ryan's midlife hymn of praise to the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, that's next right. Okay. i just paved the way for you kenny go win it incorrect yeah. the sad thing is i know like Don. every hymn ever made uh i'm gonna say Don, he might know what, it what is uh springs of living water oh man no. incorrect <laughs> it's two it's two words no, don he like just gave you a hint. person in the it's, barren land of sin yeah um, it's two words <laughs> So the first two words of the chorus <laughs> is the title of the hymn. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a two word. It's yeah. a two word hymn. Okay. <laughs> All right. In three, two, one. Sweet. Tiebreaker. Do it. Off to a tiebreaker. Okay. The answer is the great hymn. Blessed quietness, holy quietness, what assurance in my soul. Yeah. I've never, never heard this I've... hymn before in my life. What? <laughs> <laughs> never I, heard listen, of it. I definitely quietness. have sung that hymn, but it's it was not a popular one that was sung, that's for sure. We're talking top 40 hymns here. Come on, Ryan. What? You you went went top We're not going deep known. tracks. <laughs> is, is my job looking less secure oh, after that man. question? Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was looking good till then. The, yeah, this hymn was behind sung twice in the 1930s. Yeah. This, this hymn was written at Fairmont Baptist it? Church by Chad Priggy when he was 17. Who wrote it? Yeah, right. It, it, it wasn't one of the more common hymn writers, but a good one. <laughs> oh, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. good one. I mean, yeah, we, we all know Blessed Assurance. I thought maybe Blessed Quietness would, similar title, similar popularity. Famous. I don't know. All right. 
We'll go you, to a you tie. Started, you started so well. You, you, did, ever, you started so well. Was this ever sung uh, at, a, uh, at, at a Pillsbury Chapel? Never. I think so. I never. I, I can't rule it out. No. Can't rule it out. <laughs> Daryl Bevis doesn't even know this one. It's no. <laughs> terrible. I'm pretty sure he knows this one well. No. No, he doesn't. And he knows every hymn. And that's not one of them. Man, I, I'm gonna. I might write him if I could find his please. email address. Yeah, right. please yeah. do. So, some some of our faithful listeners share with uh, Brother Bevis, and I, I want to know if he knows that one. And I want to know if the listeners know this great hymn of the faith. Oh my goodness! All right, okay, tiebreaker off the top of my head. I'm gonna do a similar similar thing here. This <laughs> yeah. is between this is between Kenny and Matt. <laughs> here we go. Uh, this hymn starts off with the following lyrics. Far away, the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What, what <laughs> hymnal are you singing out of? This is the unknown writer of that Blessed Quietness is him, his follow-up yeah. song that hit the charts this at number like, 5,000. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, of the cast or Matt, what sure is conjunctive on all of her music? Don't get it. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt, did you have a guess in there? I heard your yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. What is gentle meditation? <laughs> Incorrect. Kenny, Kenny, there you go. I opened Kenny, I paved the path for you. Please put us out of our misery here. Yeah, I got nothing. What is God is faithful? <laughs> you win. Kenny's first win. Good work. That's it. That's it. Incorrect. The answer is dwelling in Beulah land. Oh, of course. Beulah land. Is that That's the name? Right. Yeah, Isn't it just Beulah, Beulah land? land? I thought it was... Wasn't it? Just yeah, Beulah it's just Land? Beulah Land. That's 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 no, the that's that a different hymn. Yes, Land exactly the hymn. one that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, not the, the one Beulah Land written with. by you. You don't know Dwelling in Beulah Land? <laughs> I've never heard of that one either. That was three twenty <laughs> in the hymn where, I grew up with. Where are Don you dwelling? Don and I went to three services for our entire lives. We listened yeah. to every hymn eight thousand times, and these two I've never heard of. None, zero. Matt, Matt, the problem is this. While you were singing these great hymns, you were reading your Bible, the Book of Song of Solomon. You should have been singing the hymns with the rest of your congregation. I, I had an earbud with Stephen Curtis Chapman blaring in it. <laughs> they didn't have earbuds back then. Come on. You don't know. You had a walk, man. Hazy, hazy. All right, all right. All right, tiebreaker. Here we go. Yes. Oh my! <laughs> Can't wait for this. I, I did look up one other question, so I, this should be pretty easy. Um, based. <laughs> so here it is. This uh, hymn, based upon about seven of the different titles I saw when I googled <laughs> this question, this hymn is said to be the most popular hymn of all time. Oh, gee. oh yeah, Kenny. <laughs> Uh, I got two. Uh, I'm going to go Amazing Grace. Did you say what is Amazing Grace? What is Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound, baby. Yes. Nice. Oh, finally. Nice. <laughs> On the you, ninth tiebreaker. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guarantee you, if our listeners 
have feedback on those two previous questions, you all are going to get eviscerated by by the lack of hymns. Yeah, um, our social medias are going to light up. <laughs> I say we leave it. Let's leave it up to the listeners. Does Ryan deserve uh, to come back? Oh. To make it come back, I said, leave it up. We'll put a poll gonna, up. Or I'll, I'll add a poll to the yeah, yeah the Facebook yeah. post. There we go. Yeah, we'll add there you go. Someone yeah. remind me. Yeah. I'm Perfect. I'm nervous. Ryan, your mom can you only should vote be. Once. You should be. <laughs> your mom can only vote once. <laughs> well, that was that was fun. Matt's streak is over, and that's what he gets for not. Hey, Matt, remember that last time we we had it, and I gave you the song, um whatever it was and you're like oh yeah i do remember that after i went through the lyrics it was a camp song yeah yeah, yeah. so see yeah, i think yeah. deep down you you would recognize these but maybe it's been no. so long since you've no zero absolutely zero recollection <laughs> none none all right all righty <laughs> well we're gonna head into uh fix your eyes after that rousing <laughs> trivia game i'm just jazzed up it started so, out actually, so well. It started out so well. Ex- it, exactly. That was I, exactly. I, I, I right. And then it just, just right. derailed. Oh. Well, we're so actually we're gonna start fix your eyes with with a musical group. But did you guys know that Casting Crowns hit the twenty year mark recently? They kind of celebrated that. I think they have an album coming out. So be look at, on the lookout for it. They're one of my uh, favorite groups. Uh, but one of their biggest hits, Life Song, starts like this: Empty hands held high. Such small sacrifice, if not joined with my life, I sing in vain tonight. I think this is one of the best starts to a song ever. But I believe that none of us wants to live or sing in vain tonight or the rest of our lives. And so I want to share with you all in this edition of Fix Your Eyes what God is teaching me in the earnest hope that we do not sing, eat, sleep, speak, or live in vain. I want to share with you specifically what God is teaching me about willful sin in my life. You are all familiar with the Romans Road evangelistic tool we were likely taught at a young age. The Romans Road is a handful of cherry-picked verses from Romans that is designed to assist a person in believing in Jesus. Uh, You can likely pick up on my feelings about this evangelistic tool. The common verses that are used are Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23 and Romans 10.9 and 10. This evangelistic tool and those like it teach an easy believism that is a deadly doctrine. As an example, uh, just take a look, uh, listen to Christian radio uh, and podcast host Janet Parshall, who I'll mention I do like quite a bit, but I was listening to her and she closed one of her segments several weeks ago and, and here's what it sounded like. Jesus talked more about hell than he talked about heaven, okay? And he's not willing that any should perish. So it's time we remind people that there is no ands, ifs, ors, or buts. The reality is, without Christ as your Savior, you're eternally separated from him. You can change that. You can change that right now by saying, Jesus, I acknowledge you for who you are. You are my Savior. I confess my sins. I can't do anything in my own, but you can. You paid the penalty for my sins. So, Father acknowledging you who you are i ask you to come into my life take away my sins and make me yours for all eternity that's all no hocus pocus no magic no good deeds no clubs no dues no membership just bow your head right now wherever you are and pray that prayer and your eternity my friend will be secured back after this all right i don't believe that 
I don't believe that the scripture teaches that either. And uh, I want to focus in on one of the Romans road verses to give credence to my argument, but more importantly, because it has been instrumental in my spiritual walk uh, over the last two months. I believe that when Romans 6.23 is truly understood, you'll see it not as a justification verse, but rather as a warning to believers. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Here are the three aims of this Fix Your Eyes segment tonight. First, I pray that you will see Romans 6.23 in a new light. Second, I pray that you will spend time reading through Romans 6 and seeing what believers need to know, reckon, and work out in their lives. Third, <clears throat> I pray that you will be filled with hope because it, because it is God who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. What he commands, he graciously supplies power and resources and means to accomplish. So let's take a look at Romans 6.23. We all know it by heart, and it is a beautiful verse. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One of the Bible studying principles that we were taught at Pillsbury and is most valuable is that context is king. So let's review where we are at in the book of Romans. For the first five chapters, Paul instructs us on the lostness of humanity and how the gospel works to bring lost sinners to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by grace alone, through faith alone, and in Christ alone. This is one of the greatest teachings on justification. But Paul turns the page from those who need to come to Christ and how to come to Christ, and in chapter 6 begins to give clear instructions to believers about what is true of us in Christ and how we are to live this new life in Christ. And make no mistake, this is a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If we back up to Romans 6.22 in the immediate context of Romans 6.23, I believe we will find helpful truth that sheds light on the meaning of Romans 6.23. So backing up one verse in Romans 6.22, it says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. And I was struck by the phrase, leads to sanctification. Go back and look in Romans 6 and even in Romans 5. You'll find the phrase leads to again and again. And for a long time, I believe that the moment I am justified, I am immediately being sanctified. And there is a sense that that is true, but there are truths that we need to know and believe and incorporate into our life. So God is able to more and more conform us to the image of his son. Sanctification is not automatic. And by that, I mean, I'm just a passive participant. Rather, I am commanded to be actively knowing, believing, and applying gospel truth to my heart and life. Going back to perhaps the greatest book ever written outside of the Bible, John Bunyan nailed it when he wrote his timeless work, Pilgrim's Progress. It's the story of Christian and his journey to the celestial city. This journey was filled with many pitfalls and trials and challenges. Many times along the path, he saw so-called believers or pilgrims either wandering and being a stumbling block to true pilgrims or being taken captive by the evil one's army and led to the fires of hell. Many times Christians stumbled and fell, but he ultimately never deterred from the narrow path, not in Vanity Fair or Doubting Castle or even the river of death at the end. Christian persevered and it led to eternal life with the king in the celestial city. This Christian life 
is a journey that we live. And it's critical that we understand what God requires of his children in order to inherit eternal life. Now, I've had to wrestle with this truth as I have inventoried my life and questioned, why do I still so often willfully sin? If I know the Savior, why is my heart and mind so satisfied and drawn to the things of this world to the point where I've questioned my salvation? Now, questioning your salvation is not necessarily a bad place to be. 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. In 2 Peter 1.9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. A mark of a true believer is not perfection in this life, but rather a perseverance in the faith demonstrated by a life that is in happy and humble slavery to a perfect master. This is what Romans 6 instructs and teaches. Paul shares what we need to know Namely, that we are immersed into his death, burial, and resurrection so that we can live a new life in verse 3. Also, we need to know that our old self was crucified with him in order that we are no longer slaves to sin. For the one who has died has been freed from sin, verses 6 and 7. Also, we need to know that the resurrected Christ will never die again. Death, death no longer has dominion over him. Consequently, death and sin has no dominion over those who are in Christ, verses 8 through 10. We are now able to live a new life, a life that reflects our position in Christ and Christ's residence in our very bodies. Then, based on these truths we need to know, we are to reckon these truths as true for us personally. The word reckon is an accounting term, meaning writing a debit or credit in the ledger. This happens not once, not twice, but thousands of time in a, times in a believer's life. For me personally, whenever I'm faced with a temptation, I start with a ledger entry of, I'm dead to that. But also, another ledger entry, I'm alive to the righteousness God purchased through the death of his son. Reckoning is taking the positional truth of who we are in Christ and incorporating it into the practical fight of faith. It's preaching the gospel to yourself all the time. This reckoning in verse 11 is the first command in the book of Romans and is followed quickly by several other commands. Namely, do not let sin reign, verse 12. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, verse 13. But on the positive side, present your members as instruments of righteousness, also verse 13. He then goes on in the rest of chapter 6 to explain the how and the why of these commands. And he closes the chapter with the greatest reason to know, reckon, and obey that we may gain the fruit that leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. I believe there is a direct correlation with the Holy Spirit and his bearing fruit in our lives. This was the passage that Kenny shared with us last episode out of Galatians 5. <clears throat> and that leads us to Romans 6.23, which is a warning to believers, much like the warning passages in, in Hebrews. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. We can profess to know Christ and look very much like his children, and in the end he will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never want to hear that from my Lord and Savior. So to that end, I am studying and learning and listening and resting in the truths of the gospel and practically applying them in my daily life. So more and more, I am an unchoked vessel that God is conforming to the image of his Son. So that may seem like some heavy truth. So where, where's the hope? The last point I was hoping to get across. Well, there's good news, brothers and sisters. Our father does not leave us alone 
but is with us, empowering us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 1, and equipping us with everything we need for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1. I'm reminded of the great hymn, Grace That Is Greater Than All Our Sin, actually a, a hymn that all of us know. <clears throat> um, anyway, verse 2 goes <laughs> like this. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. This verse is a lamppost to unbelievers and believers alike. Are there any areas of your life that are cold and numb due to known and willful sin? The risk for you and for me is great if there is, as sin threatens our soul with infinite loss separation from God forever in the lake of fire. Our salvation is marvelously and wonderfully found in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the grace that so freely is bestowed on all who believe. Romans 6 teaches us about this grace, about this cross, and how we can appropriate it in our hearts and lives so we live every day on this earth to the glory of God the Father and to the exaltation of his Son and in step with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I think one of our favorite verses in the whole Bible is Galatians 2.20, right? You remember the Phillips, Craig, and Dean song, Crucified with Christ, and cranking that one. It's based out of Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 6 is the guidebook on how we live out Galatians 2.20. And I commend Romans 6 to your meditation, reflection, and study in the coming days. Our intro segment to Six in the Mix has music from the song entitled, What is Our Hope in Life and Death? by Keith and Kristen Getty. And it starts like this. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to him belong? Who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess, Christ our hope in life and death. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time, and now and forever. Amen. Well, that is a wrap on episode 64 on this, the 27th day of August, year of our Lord, 2023. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast. And comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.